This is the Nordic Football Guys Podcast. What is up, everybody? We are the Nordic Football Guys. I am your host, Hayden, and unfortunately, I am not joined this week by my co-host, Auntie, but I am joined this week by our social media manager, Brad. Brad, how you doing, man? I'm doing great, man. How are you doing today? Yeah, I'm, I'm really great. We're doing this a little bit differently this week, uh, I guess you could say, because uh, Auntie, unfortunately, was unable to make it this week due to uh, some personal issues at home. But uh, hopefully he'll get those sorted. But I'm glad Brad was able to join us. But the only issue with Brad joining us is we had to do it a little bit later on my side. So it is currently 1.15 a.m. I guess today is Wednesday for me. For you, it's Tuesday. So, <laughs> yeah, it, it's going to be an interesting show. I hope I can stay awake and I'm going to have to feed off your energy, man. I'm going to, I'm going to keep you awake, man. I just worked all day long and I don't have as much energy as I normally do, but we're going to make it work. Yeah, I'm sure we will. And I'm really excited to do this with you. I'm sure after a long day at the bank, you're excited to maybe talk some fantasy football. Yeah. It's I've, I'd much rather be talking fantasy football than <laughs> doing teller transactions, to be honest. <laughs> I can imagine. But, uh, we had initially discussed that we were going to be doing two shows a week on the on the season. Uh, this week, we decided we can't really do that because uh, one of our main hosts is away. So instead, we will kind of mimic the same format as last week. But what we will do on top of that is we are going to do a we're going to add a, one more thing. We're going to do what we call like a stash or trash. I think we're going to start with stash or trash, and we'll kick it over to the streamers like we did last week. And we will close it off with some waiver pickups that we think that we are would like to have on our team. So uh, unless, Brad, you have anything you would like to say, why don't we get it started? I'm ready to go, man. Let's, let's get started. Yeah. So I guess we'll get it started with Stash or Trash. And uh, these are actually – so the, the rules of this is pretty simple. I'm going to list off uh, some players that were either low draft capital or streamers or a waiver wire pickups going into the season. And these are the guys that maybe they didn't perform as well as we had initially thought they might, or maybe they busted week one in any way, shape, or form. And we are going to give our opinions on if we think these guys should be cut from your roster or held on for another week. I think almost all of the guys that we're going to talk about, except for maybe one, you are not going to be starting going into week two. They're going to be either guys you're cutting off your roster or people that you are going to hold on for a week or so and see how they develop. So uh, I'm excited for this. Uh, I made the list. Brad has not even has no idea who we're going to talk about. So we're going to test his hosting skills in the, in, in the next couple of moments here. We'll see if he can think on his feet. I hope you're ready for this, Brad. I'm so ready. I'm going to give my most genuine reaction I can. Yeah. So, all right. Well, we'll kick it over with probably an easy one. An easy one for me. I'm not going to say how I feel about it until you you mention what you think. But uh, we're going to start with the running backs. And the first running back that I wanted to bring up to you is Chris Thompson. So Chris Thompson is a guy that we weren't exactly sure what was going to happen with that Jacksonville uh, running game, but it, it definitely at least seemed by watching the games that James Robinson, and if you look at the stat line, that James Robinson is going to be the bell cow guy there. He got 16 carries 
but uh, Chris Thompson, everyone was expecting him to get most of the work, but he didn't get a single carry, only two receptions and six yards. So depending on your scoring format, if you don't get like points for uh, like decimal points for a reception, if you only get for a full 10 yards, he didn't get you a single point in like standard scoring league. So uh, how do you feel about Chris Thompson? Are you going to stash him or are you going to cut him off your team to add some new waivers? Yeah, so I actually have Chris in one league, I believe. I'm in like eight leagues this year, and that is my one guy on my roster that I am like, all right, this is the guy I'm cutting if I'm picking somebody up this week. They, they doesn't, he doesn't like wow me. But he, he has, like you said, he had two catches for six yards. He didn't even have a single carry. Like they, they obviously like James Robinson a ton there. Um, they were enough. It was enough to be like, Hey, we're going to release Leonard Fournette now, let him go to the books. And we're going to give it to our undrafted free agent out of um, some FCS school. I forgot uh, which one it is, but uh, um, Thor Nystrom talked about him on one of our previous episodes a while back. And that was a great call. Shout out to Thor for that one. But, yeah. Yeah, indeed. Yeah, so um, that is definitely a trash in my book. Yeah, and actually on, on the other end, because we were talking about, for me, I'm 100%. If I have, I have him in probably one league, I think. I drafted him a little bit early, but I am 100% moving on from him going into week two. I have a lot of waivers set up this week in that league, and they're all dropping Chris, so... I'm getting rid of him one way or another. James Robinson, if you guys listen, those of you who listened last week, was my uh, waiver wire uh, pickup. Not my streamer running back, but one of my waiver wire pickups going into the season. And it it definitely seems like it's going to pan out. I think considering he was an undrafted rookie, he got 16 carries. I think that, and he had a very hard matchup last week. Uh, I think it's going to be, an interesting year for him. It could even be a, this week could be a week that if you plugged him into your lineup, he could be a solid flex option. Yeah, I definitely agree. He, uh, he got about 10 fantasy points in his debut, um, 17 touches, 16 carries. Um, I definitely, if I'm going to own anybody in the Jacksonville backfield, I'm going to be picking up James Robinson. Definitely going to be taking your advice from last week's episode on that one. Yeah. Uh, so we'll, we'll move it over to the next guy. Now, this next guy I find a little bit harder. Uh, I'll tell you how I feel about him later. It's another one of those uh, rookie running backs that we had high hopes for coming into the season is Antonio Gibson. Antonio Gibson on the night got nine carries uh, and 36 yards, two receptions and eight yards. So maybe not a terrible not as bad as Chris Thompson by any means, but still a pretty subpar night. If you're in a standard scoring league, that's less than or just over four points, fantasy points. So are you willing to move on from Antonio Gibson or are you going to stash him on your bench for one more week to see how it pans out? Yeah, I'm definitely willing to keep him on my bench. Um, I don't actually have any shares of him yet. Um, Maybe we'll, we'll see, uh, maybe make a trade here at some point soon but they they literally gave Bryce Love the healthy scratch in week one which doesn't bode well for their confidence in him and they had um 
Peyton Barber as the other active running back on their roster or um, for week one. And that guy went 17 for 26, I believe, with two touchdowns. Two touchdowns, which really killed Antonio Gibson's night, in my opinion. <laughs> yes, I, I, I agree. Um, so there's definitely going to be some touchdown upside with him. You, we saw it in week one, but it was given to Peyton Barber, who isn't good. <laughs> he's, not, he's not your, your beast running back that we're talking about, like the Saquons and the Christian McCaffreys of the world. He's not that guy. Um, and that that was like 1.8 yards per carry or something like that, like Mr. Kalen Balazs of last year. That's that's not what we're looking for on our fantasy rosters. So Peyton Barber is not going to be on any of my teams. Gibson's the guy to own in this backfield. Um, honestly, if you can make a trade for him um, because he didn't put up a huge week one and you can get him for a little bit cheaper – definitely try and do that. Yeah, I have Antonio Gibson in many, many leagues. I think pretty much every single league that you and I play in together, I have Antonio Gibson at least. So if you want him, you're going to have to come through me. Uh, I'm kind of in the same boat as you. Uh, With the whole Peyton Barber thing, it does seem that Antonio Gibson might not be getting that goal line work that we are hoping for. But that doesn't necessarily mean, again, he was a rookie. Uh, he, He was definitely taken higher, so... Uh, but still on his rookie debut, he got almost 10 carries. He got 11 touches on the, on the night as a rookie in the backfield. I think that he can turn into something and I'm willing to sit on him for another day or another week, maybe even two weeks. If he has another week, like last week before I'm looking to, to cut him, Uh, I might be interested in trading him away, depending uh, how high people are willing to go for him. But I think after the bad week, People are going to be looking to buy low, like you said. So definitely, like I agree with you completely. Antonio Gibson is a keep guy, but I would not be starting him week two at all. Yeah, um, looking at his game log, he's got Arizona and Cleveland coming up in weeks two and three, and then he's got Baltimore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then he's got the Rams after that, and I'm sure Aaron Donald wants to get a piece of him. So yeah. I honestly – like. Hopefully for you, for your sake, weeks two and three, he can pick it up a little bit and get more more than six points um, like he did in week one. And I would try and try and sell him before week four when he plays Baltimore and then the Rams the week after that. Yeah, for sure. The Cardinals week two, I would not be starting him just because he did so bad in a win. No, no, even still they, they won, but they were down. So you can't really say that they had a positive game script by any means. But if he does well versus the Cardinals, I would feel def- very confident starting him because the matchup going from the Cardinals to the Browns is not much of a difference. <laughs> You know, right. <laughs> so it's definitely going to be if he does well versus the Cardinals, he should do well versus the Browns. And then maybe that's the time that you're looking to get rid of him for a better piece looking ahead to week four. But we'll get to that if we ever get to that. And I'm sure we'll talk more about Antonio Gibson coming forward. But I only had a couple of running backs, so maybe we'll move it over to the wide receivers. And these guys, these are another two guys that I know that we have talked a lot about on the show. Uh, the first guy I want to bring up is Brian Edwards. Only one reception for nine yards. How do you feel about Brian Edwards? Um, yeah, so he he was a big guy for you guys last week on the show. Um, <laughs> the one 
catch on one target wasn't awesome. Um, the opportunity is there for him, but he's got – not only do they want to get Josh Jacobs involved in the passing game, which I believe he had the most receptions he's ever had in his career so far in week one. So that kind of – the coaching staff talking about how they want to get him more involved, and that is kind of coming true as we can see in week one. But then you also have Darren Waller, who had 90 catches last year. He's not going to have that many this year, in my opinion. But he's still going to get a lot of targets. Hunter Renfro was great last year as a rookie, and I know they want to get him involved as well. Um, I know Henry Ruggs did have um, an injury in week one. I can't remember if they had him come back in the game, but I know he did get injured. Um, it wasn't a serious injury. I, I believe it was a hamstring or something like that. Um, maybe you can um, bounce off of that one. But yeah, he returned to Ruggs, the game and he he played the second half. So it, it's okay. Like and to just to go off Rugs, he to me seemed like if you're gonna own a rookie in this offense, that Rugs is the one to own because uh, he got injured pretty soon into the second quarter and he already had three receptions. Uh, for 55 yards, and a he also had a rushing attempt. So it looks like that they're trying to get him involved often on this offense. So maybe if you can, because Ruggs is another one of those guys that was kind of available on waivers, you could flip-flop uh, for him. So maybe you could drop Brian Edwards and pick up Ruggs, or may, just, just if you want to have a piece of this offense and you want one of these high upside rookies, I think Ruggs is the guy. Yeah, I totally agree. Rugs, obviously, we we've only seen one week of what we've seen out of these rookies so far. But Rugs, even with the the injury, like you said, he did come back into the game like that. That's pretty good for his uh, week two availability. So I'd rather have Rugs as well. Edwards can be a guy that maybe you look to if somebody gets injured on this offense, maybe you look towards trying to pick him up later in the season, but right now he's kind of just a wasted roster spot. Pick up somebody else that's going to put give you more production. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. I'm moving it on to our next wide receiver. This this one, I, for some reason, I find harder, but the stat line is virtually identical. So this guy is Mikel Hardman of Kansas City. He had one reception for six yards. So actually he did worse technically than Brian Edwards. But for whatever reason, I, I, I have a harder time moving on from him. Maybe it's because, uh, for instance, uh, he was drafted a little bit higher if you were drafting him. Uh, he, he, he was primed for a breakout year this year. The, the main issue I have with him going into this year and now after watching the game is that there's just – the Kansas City offense, there is um, like – so many mouths to feed on that offense. There's six potential great options even before you're looking for Michael Hardman. So I don't know if I'm personally willing to move on from him just yet. Maybe hold on to him for one more week to see what happens. But if he puts up another like less than two or three reception week, I have I would have no problem with cutting him maybe next week. Yeah, I, I agree with you. It's one of those guys that, like, more than Brian Edwards, even with the similar stat line, that you just have more confidence in and more, like, you can see him bouncing back in week two and, like, putting up a monster game just off of a huge play. 
more so than you would see Brian Edwards doing that next week. Um, even though Brian Edwards is only owned in like 11%, <clears throat> excuse me, of leagues and Miko Harmon's in 62%. <laughs> it's probably like he may still be available if not. Um, if he's on your team though, yeah, I would, I would hold him one more week if it were my team. What I would be looking for with Michael Hardman, and maybe you don't share the same viewpoint. I know that he had a very bad week, but he still is one of those breakout candidates. I would maybe be trying to trade him for coming into the season, maybe a guy that looked good that is that maybe is that you view as higher upside at this point, because if you don't believe in Miko Hardman, but you don't want to drop him because you spent so much draft capital on him, maybe you can get a guy that was drafted two or three rounds later for him, for some guy that believes in the Miko Hardman upside could be yeah, a potential. Yeah, that could definitely be a potential uh, trade for whoever owns him. Um, I probably wouldn't. I, I see what you're saying with the, get a guy that was drafted a little bit later, but I'm going to go for just holding him for one more week. And if he does have that big game, you're going to get a lot more for him if you try and trade him. But I think he still has the ability though to break out because I mean, it's only been one week. You can't really over, you you don't want to overreact, but like Sammy Watkins was got the lion's share that week. Um, You're not going to get that every week. Tyreek Hill is going to get his, he, like Sammy Watkins paced them in uh, receptions and yardage, I believe that's not going to happen. He's this happened last year. (laughs) He started off huge and then got like multiple duds in a row, still got 600 yards on the season, but he's not going to be, I I don't, I don't want to own Sammy Watkins on my team. I'll play him in DFS, but I'm not going to be playing him in on my season long leagues and redraft. So, um, so if you had the offer in front of you right now, would you be trading Michael Hardman? Would you be trade? Would you keep Michael Hardman if somebody offered you Sammy Watkins for him? Yes. So you would keep. I would keep. Him. I would keep Michael Hardman because I think he has. I'd rather have the breakout of Michael Hardman as an opportunity on my team rather than a guy that I've seen be mediocre and have two really good games and in a full season and then be terrible the rest of the season. So I just think there's, I want higher upside. I want a week. I want a league winner and Sammy Watkins is not going to be a league winner. Yeah. I I completely understand where you're coming from. I think I would lean to go for Sammy Watkins on that. And maybe I'm a point chaser a little bit, which is not good, but I hear what you're saying. Two different strategies. Uh, Moving it on to our tight ends. These are two guys that are probably going to be hard for you to move on from, but two guys you were definitely disappointed with if you started last week. So I'll, I'll start it off with one guy that you're definitely – it's going to be hard for you to cut, but a guy that I've been saying all along, please do not draft this guy. Uh, that is Rob Gronkowski, two receptions for 11 yards. Uh, if you have Rob Gronkowski on your team, I feel really sorry for you. <laughs> it's just one of those things that I, I – drafting where you had to draft him in the eighth round the seventh eighth or ninth round I knew that the I I just feel like the volume was not going to be there and it definitely seems that that way that uh, OJ Howard is still the uh, the main target there so (laughs) 
how do you feel about Rob Gronkowski? I know you, it's going to be hard to cut him because you spent so much draft capital on him, but I would drop him. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm happy to say that I did not fall for the hype of Gronk being back with Tom Brady in Tampa. Uh, both of them in a brand, brand new team, brand new system, brand new coach. Gronk took a whole year off, and before that, I mean, he. This is the towards the end of his career. The guy was retired, and he comes back and he puts up two catches for eleven yards on three targets in a game where Tom Brady did not look amazing. He looked old. He, I, I, I had the Saints all along winning that game. Um, even though Breeze didn't even do too amazing, he still got it was okay. Got it done for his. Got it done for the Saints. And, I mean, I, I honestly have the Saints as being a Super Bowl winner this year. I, I like them that much this year. But going back to Gronk, um, I would – if I had him on my team, I'd immediately drop this guy or trade him to somebody that loves the Gronk-Tom Brady thing. But I, I'm so glad I didn't spend an eighth-round pick on this guy. Um, that's why I waited until, like, the 13th round to get John New Smith, who had a touchdown week one. And – won me a, a week in a hundred dollar buy-in league. So that's I'm nice. I'm all about waiting on the tight ends. You don't need to get a guy in the eighth round that's a thirty that hasn't played for a year. Yeah, and he was he was about to be in like the WWE or something. He probably was. I'm not honestly positive, but if you have him on your team, you can go ahead and get rid of him. <laughs> yeah, figure a way to get him off as soon as possible because his value is it, not going up. Exactly. If you can get if you can get a trade for him, do that before you could try to trade him before you just drop him. But you could probably just drop him. <laughs> <laughs> so here's a guy that uh, you talked about waiting on tight ends, and this is one guy that had some considerable hype coming into the year. I don't know who was the highest on him in our little group. But that's Mike Gesicki. So he had three receptions for 30 yards. And for a tight end, that that's not what you hope for, especially as a guy that you are drafting late. And when you're drafting these late tight ends, generally the mindset is they don't put up in the first couple of weeks. You can drop them so and move on to the next guy. And there were some guys considerably drafted, not considerably later, but even later than him, like TJ Hawkinson, for instance, or um, – Jonu Smith, like you said, that was even later that had much better weeks. So how do you feel about Mike Isiki? Are are you willing to move on from him at this point to move on to one of those guys, or are you going to give him another week before you move on? I I would give him another week. Um, he had five targets, three catches for thirty yards. I mean he he's I think he's gonna bounce back next week. I know uh, he he played a he had pretty good usage out of the slot. He had like 32 snaps in week one. Um, Ryan Fitzpatrick didn't look good. Uh, I think he threw two or three interceptions, which is not out of the ordinary for him. Um, if maybe Tua comes in earlier and maybe Tua is just at least an upgrade over Ryan Fitzpatrick, hopefully – as a rookie, you might he might look to his big body tight end in the middle of the field before he goes to his outside guys, and hopefully he can create some chemistry with him. I I would lean towards keeping him on my bench, or depending you might have on to who start he's playing. Him. 
it, depending on how you drafted, that's the problem with Gesicki, that if you don't cut him, then you might be starting him because it's going to be hard to have two tight ends on your roster. And I, I kind of agree with you because we forget New England was the best defense last year, and everybody's thinking that there's a serious regression coming because what was it, four or five of their 11 starters had opted out. But it could, it, they definitely seemed last year like the same group with multiple interceptions, uh, doing very, very well, putting up a lot of points for the defense. So it could just be that he had a terrible matchup. And yeah, um, yeah, go on. Sorry, go ahead. No, please. I was just going to say, um, Looking at his game log and what he's got coming up, like he has Buffalo next week, and that's that's a good defense. But if you're willing to hold on to him one more week, hopefully he puts up a little bit better than what he did against New England there. But in week three, he's got a nice prime spot in Jacksonville. At Jacksonville, but that's, that's okay. Um, I would like that. I would like to play him in that game. Not only do – does Jacksonville have a pretty poor defense? It's it's really bad, actually. Gardner Minshew looked pretty dang good, not only in his rookie year, but this this past weekend. And if they're going to be going back and forth and they're going to even have to come from behind against Jacksonville, that's good for at least some garbage time opportunities for Mike Kosicki. I mean, I would I would play him in that in week three 100%. Yeah. So unless he unless he's coming off of an injury in week two, hopefully that doesn't happen. Yeah. So depending on your team makeup, uh, you might have to bear one more bad week with Mike Kosicki before you get into a matchup that seems favorable for him. But if you re- did punt on that position and maybe you have a lot of good depth at other positions that you can carry that tight end spot one week, it might be worth doing. Uh, so, so that's all I have for the stash and trash. I know you did not come up with any. We have I, – I made a list of a couple of guys that I would like to get your opinion on, at least would you be willing to put these guys into your lineup instead. So uh, the first quarterback streamer that I have is, is Joe Burrow. So he, looked, he has a pretty decent matchup this week against Cleveland. So it's going to be a, not a terrible matchup, some, something that he should be able to put up points. And he looked not great, but not terrible against the Chargers, which is a tougher defense. So if you're in that streaming uh, category with the quarterback, Joe Burrow is available. He was drafted to be the guy, and this could be the week where he has one of those crazy rookie breakout games. And I would not be surprised if it happened in week two against Cleveland. So would you feel confident streaming Joe Burrow as your quarterback? If I had to, I would. If if I have like Kyler Murray or Lamar Jackson, Pat Mahomes, I'm not going to take that chance. But if I have like a guy that coming off of like a poor week one and I'm just I just want to take a chance on Joe Burrow against Cleveland, I could I would do that. It just, I guess, going back to what you were saying about how your how your roster is shaking out. Yeah, I that, mean, obviously, if you're if you're looking to stream week two, that means you punted on the quarterback position, and this these are like, oh, this is going to be a weekly thing for you that you're going to have to find a quarterback every week off waivers or off your bench to throw in. So this is just one of those like he's available in most leagues. Uh, you could throw him in. It, it, let, let's say, for instance, you draft. I, I can't think of a good quarterback off the top of my head, but you drafted like Philip Rivers, who didn't look phenomenal week one. And if you're looking for a good matchup, plus matchup on a quarterback, Joe Burrow might be the guy. 
Yeah, I I would I'd be willing to take the chance on him and and see what he can come up with. I mean, he completed sixty four percent of his passes, didn't clear two hundred yards, but and or get a touchdown, but um, through the air. But he did have a nice solid run for a touchdown. Um, so that looked that looked great, especially when we're we're looking for with the quarterback position. We're trying to get some production out of their legs, especially talking about like a Josh Allen, Cam Newton, Lamar Jackson type. If he can do that again and get 46 yards and a touchdown on the ground, that would be great to help his floor. And Mm -hmm. maybe we'll get a couple of touchdowns through the air out of him against Cleveland's defense. Yeah. And I know it sounds crazy to be streaming a rookie in week two, but you know, it sounded crazy last week when I said to stream Mitch Trubisky and look at him. He had 25 points on the week. So it, it's, it's one yeah. of those things you got to look for those plush matchups in history. So I, um, when I, when I heard the, when I listened to the podcast and I heard you talk about Mitch, I was like, I actually played Mitch in DraftKings and he did pretty well for me. And he was the cheapest, I believe he was the cheapest quarterback on the slate, which was awesome. And obviously people were so, out on Mitch Trubisky I mean they still pretty much are because he didn't it wasn't amazing he wasn't really good until like the fourth quarter (laughs) he was amazing fantasy quarterback not an amazing real life quarterback right like I can still see Nick Foles taking over for him at some point during the season but yeah yeah, it's you just got to look for those streaming options that could be high upside one one week plays and then get rid of them or possibly even trade them after a huge game and then get some depth at another position for your roster. Yeah. So uh, moving it on to my tight end streamers now, I have a couple of guys here. Uh, The first guy that I want to bring up, this is actually one guy that I've been very high on Dynasty, but I didn't bring up so much on this podcast because this is a redraft podcast. But I ended up picking him up on Dynasty waivers about two weeks before the season because I thought that it was going to happen. It seemed that it was going that way, that he was going to be the tight end one. And this is Logan Thomas of Washington. And Logan Thomas has kind of emerged last week as the a tight end one for the team. So he had four receptions, 37 yards, and a touchdown, uh, just under 12 points. So, And that was against a very tough Eagles defense. This week he's going up against Arizona. And if you remember anything about Arizona last year is, any tight end going up against Arizona was a guaranteed starter. So I think that he could be a very interesting streaming option this year. I know the defense isn't exactly the same, but if we're going off the history trends of last year, that this guy, he has the makeup of a tight end, like a startable tight end. If you, he's available in virtually every league. He's owned, he's owned in less than 1% of leagues right now. So he's a guy that you can pick up anywhere, and I would be very happy to put, plug him in. How do you feel about him? Yeah, man. I mean, this is a guy that's been in the league for several years now, and he hasn't really done much, but he's the guy in uh, Washington right now, evidently. Gets a touchdown from Dwayne Haskins in week one on eight targets. I can, I, I mean, like you said about Arizona, it might not be exactly the same as last year, but they're – their defense hasn't improved much, if at all. I would be willing I, – I would 100% look for him in DFS and play him on DraftKings or FanDuel or whatever. But like you said, this is a redraft podcast. I'm not probably going to be looking to pick him up because I think there's better options. 
I mean, you can get him for free. So if you really punted the tight end position and you had, you had Blake Jarwin as your tight end one and he went down with the ACL, look for somebody like Logan Thomas and maybe you can pick him up. But I would look at the other options on waivers too. If you have Jonu Smith out there, I would pick him up over Logan Thomas 100%. Um, Even Mike Jazicki, to be honest. Uh, Logan Thomas would be like uh, maybe a couple – weak streamer because then he plays Baltimore and the Rams. I, I don't I don't really want him after yeah. these but next couple of weeks. Yeah, one player that I have uh, he's owned in a little bit more, but definitely the guy a guy that maybe you would feel more comfortable picking up. I he's not owned in over fifty percent of leagues, so it's a guy that you can get in most leagues would be OJ Howard actually, the opposite of um Rob Gronkowski or the one to Rob Gronkowski's two. So this maybe that's a guy that you would feel more comfortable with. He's in an offense that he's been doing it for a while. He's very he he's the kind of guy that has the talent to be a good guy. He had four receptions, 36 yards and a touchdown, so almost the identical stat line to Logan Thomas, just one yard less. Yeah. Um OJ Howard, if I'm gonna be owning a tight end in Tampa, it's gonna be OJ. It's like I said earlier, I don't I don't want any shares of Rob Gronkowski this year um even with with bruce arians though i i don't really even want to own oj but if it's like a one week couple week streamer they play carolina next week that that could be a smash play to be honest yeah seriously i I would if i needed to i would pick him up as a streamer but um in most of my leagues i'm pretty soft like i i i picked up johnny smith in most of my leagues and i liked his performance uh, he played most of the snaps in week one and got a pretty hefty share of targets and a touchdown in the red zone. So I'm pretty good there. But if, like we said, if you punted the tight end position, you need to pick somebody up. OJ, you could do much worse than picking up OJ against Carolina this week. All right. And lastly, we have my streaming defenses. And basically for my streaming defense, I have the Kansas City Chiefs defense to me it doesn't make a lot of sense that these guys are owned in as little amount of leagues as they are right now because I mean they played the Texans and they looked fine against them and they have a pretty good matchup this week against the Chargers who look terrible and they're owned in only 20% of leagues so this is a team that you can kind of pick up and depending how they do for the year they might be able to play week to week so I really like the idea of picking up the Kansas City Chiefs defense. Uh, before we cut it out, I also have one, a couple of waivers that I feel should be picked up. Uh, Corey Davis, he had eight targets, seven receptions, and 101 yards. I think that he's going, he seemed to be the main target for Ryan Tannehill uh, this week even more than A.J. Brown, and I think that he's going to be used heavily in the offense, and if you can get him for cheap in waivers this week because he wasn't the the biggest guy that is on waivers, but I think he could be potentially the most valuable. Do you feel anything towards Corey Davis? Um, I think he's I, – I don't really like him all that much. I think because A.J. Brown was so heavily covered this week, when there's not as good defenses that they're playing. Like, I think A.J. Brown is going to be more heavily featured than Corey Davis was. I think Davis just didn't have that great coverage on him, and he was able to go off. Um, and Ryan Tannehill had some pretty good rapport 
they had some pretty good rapport together, but I th- it's I still think it's AJ Brown's show, and they want they gave Derrick Henry thirty one carries, like they want to run the ball as much as possible, and I think Corey Davis is the clear wide receiver too, of course, but I think I honestly think Johnny Smith can out target him at some point, um, and you have Adam Humphreys for the short yardage stuff. Um, he's not going to get as many targets as Corey Davis, but I, I can honestly see the the target share being A.J. Brown, then Johnny Smith, then Corey Davis, then Humphreys. Um, but I could be wrong, but I think I think that's what's going to happen. Yeah, I, I would just be willing to pick him up to see what happens. I definitely would not be starting him uh, next week. And lastly, obviously, if he's available on your waivers – uh, he's available on a lot of waivers in a lot of the leagues I'm in. You should be picking up Malcolm Brown, and you should be spending a good amount of your fab on him. He had 18 attempts, almost 80 yards, and two touchdowns. So definitely Malcolm Brown, if he's on waivers, pick him up this week. Uh, but anyway, that kind of closes out what we had for this week. Brad, I really thank you a lot for joining me this week. I know that it was kind of a weird situation we had. We had some technical dif- difficulties right there at the end. I hope that's not too noticeable when we put out this show. But uh, thank you so much for being here, man. Yeah, man, I, I appreciate you having me on. I'm looking forward to coming back on next next time. Yeah, yeah I mean, of course, you're always welcome. You're a big part of the NFG team. Uh, but anyway, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode, and we'll see you guys next week. Bye-bye. Moro, moro, mitä poro. That's Finnish and it means what's up reindeer in short. We hope you guys enjoyed this episode or all of our previous episodes. We hope you guys are enjoying the podcast. That is the most important thing. Go and listen to us in Spotify, in Apple Pod and all the other major podcast platforms. And if you have any questions or you'd like to get a hold of us, you can reach us at NFG Pod on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. We Kiitos. hope to see you there. Moro, moro.